0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. Welcome Chelsea and Arsenal fans to a special cross episode of the 49 Undefeated and Blue is the Colour podcast. I am Kevin Byrne, I'm the transfers editor for Football.London and I'll be your host today. I'm joined by Oliver Harbord, who's our Chelsea writer. Good afternoon, how are you? And also joined by Charles Watts, our Arsenal writer for the day. Hello chaps, how are you? Good. Yeah, not too bad. Good, good. How are you guys getting on?
1: Yeah, very good, very good. Looking forward to Sunday. Indeed, get back to Wembley. Yeah, good memories. <laughs> good
0: short-term memories. So, uh, some better recent memories for Charlie than for for Ali. Uh, obviously, the big game is Chelsea Arsenal. It's the what used to be the curtain raiser on the season is now kind of demoted to not quite a real game anymore. Um, but w- what are you guys thinking? How do you feel going into the game, Ollie?
2: Um, I think that Chelsea have not had the best pre-season, has to be said. I think this is a big match for them, actually. Um, Not as much as winning silverware. I don't think that's really the the aim, is not to win the Community Shield, but it's to put in a decent performance and actually have a few of the squad members that maybe didn't perform quite so well out in in the Far East to stake a claim. Um, You know, They've still got a few issues going on from what's happened over pre-season, some signings that still need to embed into the team. And it really is actually quite a crucial game going into the first game of the season. I think they need to they need to put in a good performance. If they lose, they lose. If it's a bad performance and they lose, then there will be some question marks about what's going on at the moment.
0: So heading into this game, do you think it's a good chance for Arsenal to get an early win over a big rival?
1: Well, I think so. I think you always want to beat, uh, beat your rivals. I think with Arsenal, their last couple of community shields have done very well. They beat Man City. They haven't managed City well a few years ago 3-0 and then they beat Chelsea obviously last time with ten uh, Chamberlain's goal but played really well that game and everyone thought oh, we're going to win the title and then next week they went and lost to home to West Ham on the open day of the season so it doesn't, <laughs> yeah. I don't think it, it, there's too much importance on it. I think for Arsenal it's been a mixed pre-season. Obviously it got absolutely you know, turned over by Chelsea in, in China comfortably so deservedly so um, that was the one real sort of down point and they lost... To severe at the weekend, even though they still got their hands on the Emirates Cup. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't get me started on that. <laughs> it's our, tra- our tournament; we can do what we want, <laughs> obviously. Uh, um, uh, so there's been a couple of defeats. It's been a little bit, a little bit mixed, but but yeah, I mean, this is the last game now. I think everyone wants to sort of step it up and put in a decent performance. So um, so yeah, I think it's, it's definitely an important
0: game. Do you think both coaches are still looking at it as the pre-season? It's not; it doesn't hold the same prestige that it used to, because of course. Koscielny and Moses are both eligible. Neither of them are suspended. Despite when the league starts, they'll both be out. Um, do you think it's maybe a chance for younger players like uh, Jeremy Boga or Reese Nelson to get a, to get a run out?
2: Yeah, I absolutely do. I think it's. I think for Conte, it's definitely um, part of the pre-season plans. Not not really as much as a competitive game. Um, you know, they still had injuries. They've got Hazard out. Bakayoko's is not likely to play. Uh, Marattas only made one start Rudiger's played, what, 20, 25 minutes of a game um, So there's definitely some issues there I think when it comes to the youngsters I mean, he's already sort of said that Youngsters will be on the bench I think we'll likely see Bogle, we'll see Musonda I don't think we'll see the likes of Carl Scott But you'll see the likes of Lewis Baker probably on the bench as well um, And that's just sort of a sign of how thin the squad is at the moment Really, they've got 17 outfield players That's making up the team at the moment you know, he, he talked about the fact that the three preseason games they played in the Far East they had the same eleven basically. Uh, you know, here and there there was a couple of changes, but basically the same team. Um so there are some issues there that he wants to sort out and for him this is the last real pre season game that they can sort of make those
0: changes. Do you think it's Chelsea fans should be worried or is this just Kante trying to trying to get through to his players that this is the team that he wants and this is how he wants them to play.
2: No, I wouldn't say they need to be worried as yet. I mean, the season hasn't started yet, so (laughs) I think, you know, you're never never really sure, are you? I mean, when the first game comes around, everyone instantly forgets about pre-season, don't they, really? Yeah. Um, There are definitely still issues there, absolutely, but, you know, I don't think it's necessarily a a time to be worried and and sort of looking around and, and scared of what's going on at the
0: moment. Charlie, do you think that there are things that Arsenal can learn from the game in Beijing that they can already implement one, two, three weeks after defend
1: better that was much <laughs> they can learn better from that game in Beijing um, I mean there were sort of issues with uh, over their sort of illness and everything like that defence wasn't exactly strong but you got Mustafi back now he could well feature possibly not but Chambers um, hold in they're looking stronger in that regard I don't think you'll see as open a defence as you saw that day in, uh, in Beijing I mean they're very very poor defence I didn't think they were that bad they could easily <laughs> got something at the other end but um, if just every time Chelsea went forward they were going to score Um so, so yeah, I mean, that, I think that's a big thing is just to, to improve defensively and I think they will. I think you'll see much more of a similar sort of performance to the one they produced in the FA Cup final rather than the one they produced in, uh, in Beijing.
2: I think what you'll find from the Beijing game as well, you were finding an Arsenal team right at the end of their tour. They'd had a pretty long two yeah. weeks and they in Australia and then Shanghai and then Beijing. Uh, And then you find in Chelsea that at the very beginning of their tour, and you know they looked fresh; they looked like they were sort of up for it straight away. And and as Chelsea showed throughout the rest of the tour, that they got gradually more sluggish as the tour went on. So I think that was maybe had a big factor in it. So I wouldn't personally, I I wouldn't read too much into what happened in Beijing um, for what might happen on Sunday. Although obviously, as you say, Arsenal need to sort out what happened defensively, but then Chelsea have to do the same thing as well
0: do those pre-season tours out to Australia and to to the Far East is that the right kind of preparation that teams need going into a a big season
1: not really Arsene Vinger would absolutely love not to do it he's freely admitted that you know his perfect pre-season was take him over to Austria get him prepared that way away from the spotlight just play a couple of team from local farmers and (laughs) things like that and just get us what he did and you know they'd win 8-9-0 in those games but you know, barely breaks sweat, but it was just what he did. It was his, he'd always done that sort of preparation, and you know, he's, he, he's broken now to all the pressure being put on him from above, money, commercial deals, blah, blah, blah. blah. And so, yeah, I mean, he, he's definitely not ideal. I mean, they were they, like, like Ollie said, they were knackered at the end of that, and um. So yeah, it's, I don't think it's ideal, but it's modern modern football. Hey? we've got a player about we sold for two hundred million. So we all know that we all know full well that money talks at the end of the day. Now,
2: yeah, it's exactly the same with Chelsea. That I don't think they really want to be out there, but they know that they have to these days, and it's going to happen every year. I mean, you know, we know that Chelsea are heading off to Perth next year as well. Already in the summer, that's already booked in. Um, sort of that's at the end of a World Cup as well. They've got that at the end of July. They'll probably be out there for a week or so, and and so no, it's really not ideal for players. I mean, you know, they they fly around in pretty comfortable conditions and you know nice hotels and stuff, but as Charles rightly says they'd much rather go somewhere in Europe play a few European teams and have that sort of preparation rather than flying out but it's not going to happen just, you know for years now it's going to be either Far East tours
1: or it's going to be Australia tours or American tours even those fancy jets I mean they, they still it's the, the time difference <coughs> I mean, it really takes a toll even on those jets you talk to the players over there and they're shattered even you know, yeah, yeah they've got and not sitting on cattle uh, truck like we are <laughs> back here, at the back end of the plane cattle, glass. C- c- cattle glass yeah sitting in there uh, nice comfy basically beds out there but it's still it's just it takes so long to adjust like by the time the end of my week in australia i was still struggling completely waking up in the middle of the night barely getting any sleep and hmm. And it takes its toll on the body It's really not ideal For an elite sportsman Yeah I think think it was worse for Arsenal
2: Than it was for Chelsea Over pre-season Because they're You know They're going to Australia And it was pretty cold out there Wasn't it And I think Wenger Talked about this And then going to Shanghai And it was boiling hot in Shanghai Yeah And then going to Beijing Where it was still pretty hot as well And I think You know As you said before You know You had Giroud Illness um, Mertesacker was ill Kolasinic was ill I think Walcott was suffering as well I think Arsenal struggled in their pre-season tour more than Chelsea did but it does take its toll on them and it's, it's just not the best preparation I don't think at all
0: You guys briefly touched on it the fact that the reason that they go so far out is to get all that money because we're seeing bigger and bigger transfer fees all the time mm. both the clubs have broken their transfer f- fees this season for Lacazette and Murata, mm. who mm. Do you think is going to get more goals this season? <laughs>
1: Ooh, Lacazette,
0: really? Um, Charlie says Lacazette. That's yeah,
2: that's what I'm <laughs> supposed to say. Morata straight away. Uh, I think uh, that's a really tough one to do. Um, I, I think there are, some, there, there are again there's some few issues around Morata. Firstly, that he's never been the number one striker, and the way the batchway played over the pre-season, will he be instantly the number one striker? That's sort of still up in the air. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Batchwi does start on on Sunday. I just there are some there are some question marks over Murata, and he's got a very Torres-like. Uh, I've said the T-word there. He's got a very oh, torres no. uh, <laughs> uh, why uh, sort of style of play as well. A little bit, he's sort of the way I was watching him run a little bit in the games, and you're like, God, he does look like Torres. Uh, so hopefully, he doesn't have that sort of impact at Chelsea. I still do think he'll score quite a few goals, um, but I'm, I'm not judging him quite yet.
1: I'm not totally sold on Morata I've got to say I think he's a decent striker I just don't see him as a I don't see him as a, an improvement on Diego Costa I definitely think Chelsea are weaker by getting by having Morata up front rather than Diego Costa I can't see how he's an improvement in the team um, so I, I do think like Austin Wenger was talking about Chelsea today in his press conference and he, he's compared the two and even he he said you know, goals wise he's probably not going to get as many as Costa but he also had a deal set more up and he's that sort of provider as well as a as a goal scorer, so I'm not. I'm not convinced Chelsea are as strong going forward now by that by the wherever Costa goes, we presume in Atletico when, he, when the deal does go through, um, than they are, they were at the start of uh, last season because of that. And I just think Lacazette. I think he's he's a lethal finisher. I know you're not the biggest fan, Kev, of a uh, no. club record signing, um, but I just and so far I haven't been overly impressed with him. What I've seen in in season but. He's had, two, he's had three chances, I think, in front of goal, and he scored two of them. And the, and the one he missed was a decent... It wasn't really a miss, it was a very good save by the goalkeeper. Um, but he stuck two away, and I think that's that's it with him. If he gets chances, he will score 75 80% of them, and you get a lot of chances as a striker at Arsenal. So I'll be surprised if, if he doesn't... It might take him a couple of months to really adjust, but I'd, I'd be surprised if he doesn't. Doesn't impress in his first season. Do
0: you think he's going to start right from the beginning? I think he will. Yeah,
1: Obviously, I think Jury's had a very, very good summer and um, yeah. he's really shown. He's almost had a point. To prove, well, he has had a point to prove, and um, I think he's had a very good summer. But I think when it when it comes to it, I think he might start. The only issue is the adjustment time. Like when Robert Pirès came Arsenal Mega, he's slowly bedded a bit. the first game at Sunderland, he just sat him on the bench and said, "Watch, watch what happens." And Pirès was terrified. After seeing that, <laughs> but um, say so he might, maybe the first couple of weeks he might, he might give him a bit of a watching role. But I, I'd be surprised. I think, I think he starts on starts on Sunday.
0: About hey, Murata, do you think he's going to be? We we spoke about it last week on the Chelsea podcast. I, I felt like he was going to be eased in a bit more. You were more confident he'd be thrown in at the deep end. Mm.
2: I think watching it over pre-season, I'm a little bit more cautious about what might happen to him. Um, you know, he started out on the left. The, the game he started against into he started on the left. Um, you know, quite there were some, some nice moments when he was linking up with Batshuayi, which was quite nice to see. But more and more as the game went on, he sort of faded out of it and he was pushed out more to the left than he would. And that's not where he wants to play and that's not where he should be playing. That's not what he was bought for. He was bought as an out-and-out centre-forward. But at the moment, you know, Batshuayi really, you've got to say, holds the, holds the starting starting shirt because... He's the one who's performed over pre-season. He's scored two against Fulham. He scored two against uh, Arsenal. He scored one against Bayern as well. You know, he's, he's the guy that's really... should be staking his claim for the, for the team. So, I think it would be um, harsh on Betuwae not to start on Sunday. Um, it might give Moretta more of a chance to ease into the game. I'd like to see them start together. I think, you know, with Hazard out, maybe the chance to play a 3-5-2 and get them playing up front together and maybe Willian or Pedro or whoever playing just behind them. Um, or even Fabregas playing just behind behind the two of them if Bakioko is fit, but that's probably not going to happen. But so maybe a Willian. Um, but I just think it's it's, it's going to take a little time. I think um, if he if he comes out with an instant reaction, then then I think that will be a bonus for Chelsea fans because at the moment they're probably seeing maybe a. Maybe just slightly see how it goes for the time being.
1: I think Arsenal defenders would prefer to play against uh, Morata than Batshuayi. Uh, I think think is the sort of player who can really cause problems against Arsenal. spurts certainly, if Mertesacker like starts, um, he's got really good movement. He, he sort of gets in between the lines, gets on the last shot, last on the shoulder of the last man. I, I think, I think Arsenal would prefer to play against Morata, certainly a Morata who's still finding his feet. So, mm. um, yeah, I. I, I, I go with exactly what Ali saying now I haven't watched all of Chelsea but I have been very impressed by yeah. from what I've seen I mean he was yeah. great against Arsenal yeah he was yeah. great
0: goals yeah. are these two entirely different teams than MASH last May then?
2: Um, I, Chelsea not so much defensively um, you know I expect pretty much the same back three to start as what did obviously Moses will start and Alonso will start um, you know it'll be Fabregas and Kante in the middle no doubt Um I think their only question mark is the centre forward. Uh, you know, obviously there's no Hazard, which is always a big miss. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I wouldn't say it's it's exactly the same side, but it's probably more similar to to what I would expect Arsenal's maybe to be because I think maybe they might throw in a few youngsters. I mean, I like to see Reece, Reece Nelson start because I think he's looked it's, unbelievable it's over the pre-season. Big, well, the
1: big question is over Reece Nelson, really. <laughs> um, he deserves to start. Mm. He's been undoubtedly the star of Arsenal's mm. summer, absolutely hands down. And even today at the open training session, I'm sure a lot of people listening would have probably seen this goal because it's been shared to death on social media already. And I was right in front of him when he scored it, and it, it was just—I was so glad it, got, it someone caught it on camera actually because I, I tried to describe it, and <laughs> it's it just fabulous goal. It's outrageous little bit of skill, and that's what he's been like all summer. He's just fearless. He'll just try anything, and at the moment, what he's trying to is coming off. So um, I'd love to see him start, but. Mm. I think given it's Chelsea, given it's the last game before the before the season starts, I imagine Hector Bellerin's gonna get a nod at right wing back and we'll see Reese Nelson um sit on the bench. I think it'll be involved, I think it'll definitely hmm. feature but um but yeah, I imagine Bellerin will start and um I see difference from difference from the cup final Kalaznatch natural start at the left back, left wing back role. I imagine it was Ox, wasn't it, in the cup final playing over there? Yeah. yeah. Um
0: yeah, he had a lot of joy down that left side.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know match looks fantastic as well. And in the Emirates Cup on Saturday, he was great. He came over with a reputation for assists and getting forward as a left wing-back. And he certainly showed that against um, uh, Benfica on the Saturday of the Emirates Cup. So I think he'll play. He's absolutely going in my fancy team this year. I think <laughs> he's, he's a... Points machine in the waiting. Yeah, allows an actual. Although not many clean sheet bonuses. Well, the Ox had a
2: good game as well because Moses had a shocker in the FA Cup final. Just, just an all round shocker. Which, uh, (laughs) you know, he didn't do a lot last season. To be fair to Moses, I still think there's an opportunity for them to upgrade in that position. Um, You know, there's definitely more out and out right backs who could probably play in a wing back role. But um, you know, I think it'll be it should be a different Chelsea the way they uh, the way they sort of play than they did against. um, Arsenal in the FA Cup final they can't play any worse than they did on that day so um, so hopefully they'll be a bit more up for it this time around but yeah as you are talking about youngsters as well it'll be
0: interesting to see a few of the Chelsea youngsters if they can yeah. get a go Do you think we're going to see Alexis Sanchez on Sunday?
1: I'd be very surprised if we don't know. He, was, he, f- he was in full training today I, I was expecting him to be you know, jogging around the side of the pitch with fitness coach but he, was, he took part from the very first whistle he was in full training with everyone and he looked fit, he looked sharp, he scored a couple of lovely goals, he was already shouting at his teammates for not passing the ball and getting frustrated as Alexis Sanchez always does. Um, So yeah, I think he absolutely definitely will be involved. Will he start? Maybe it will give him half an hour um, to try and get him ready for the Leicester game but I think he will certainly see Alexis on on, on
0: Sunday. Chelsea totally given up on that front then on Alexis. Um,
2: I think it's pretty much come from the Arsenal end isn't it that they're just really unwilling to sell to any Premier League club I mean obviously looks like they're unwilling to sell to anyone let alone let a alone Premier League club I think that Chelsea going in for Sanchez is probably on the back burner now I'd say you know there's, they've got other targets in mind but the, you know there is this thing about the homegrown quota as well they need to sort out because they, they don't have a lot of homegrown players now that Chalobah's left and Ayana's uh, on loan and lost his cheeks on loan and Ake's left as well who was a, a sort of deemed as a homegrown player even Begovic yeah Begovic as well I mean all the all these players that are going out there's talk of Christensen as well being loaned out so there are um, you know there are those sort of issues which is why the likes of Barkley Drinkwater for example and Oxlade-Chamberlain have come in I think they've got more chance probably of signing Oxlade-Chamberlain than they do Alexis Sanchez so I think that's probably if they were going to target one Arsenal player I think the ox is where they're going to go for rather than Sanchez
1: yeah I was not going to uh, I mean it, they're not going to sell Sanchez well, I don't, I not say that. <laughs> I'm backtracking now because I'll end up with a complete egg on my friend, 18 minutes
2: into the podcast and he said it so uh, I, remember that for I'd everyone. be
1: stunned he's been so adamant Arsene Wenger he's just not changed his stance all summer and it, it, again today he,
0: he's been adamant before though
1: he has but this one is just <laughs> so adamant and like today he just said again it's, I've made my decision it's as simple as that and he has to respect that and he, he's Absolutely said it. And I I think it's the the right decision from Arsenal. They're rolling in cash now. The other situations when they sold Van Persie, they sold Nasri, Fabregas, Adebayo, the list goes on, but they're in a different financial situation to what they're in now. They can afford to lose 50 million as flippant as that sounds is they're not struggling financially and if and they believe with Sanchez they've got a very good chance of getting back into the top four where basically you earn your money that 50 million back next season just from qualifying for that anyway so financially maybe it's a bit risk and reward but they've come to the conclusion that look if we get rid of Sanchez we're not going to finish top four and that's the right conclusion to comes to because they won't Arsenal absolutely need Sanchez to get back into that top four and if he does stay and help them then they kind of get their money back anyway on that and it's it's good from Arsenal. It's what, it's, it's what we've wanted to see as fans. Obviously, you'd rather him keep signing new contract and stay, but at least they're not they're not rolling over in this one, and they're actually standing firm and keeping him for another year. So, and oh, I think it's absolutely the right decision. It'd be, can you imagine selling him to Chelsea? or Manchester be City? Absolutely, really wanna, <laughs> be Imagine absolutely. selling him to one of your rivals. Mean, it would just be, it th- would be the worst PR goal it, on an already frustrated and split fan base it'd
2: be quite amazing though for, for if something like that did happen to see the mood change of Chelsea fans because at the moment there is this worry of their business is not quite going according to plan obviously they've yeah. you know they've signed four players now but one is injured one is only 20 well, he's sorry only 22 Bakayoko Rudiger is still young as well and there's question marks over him Murata is obviously untested, really at a sort of starting strike level. And the other one was just a second-choice goalkeeper. So there is these issues. And, you know, going to the press conferences over in the Far East, you could definitely get this sense from Conte that he was just a little bit tetchier than he'd usually be, that things weren't quite as happy than they have been over the past sort of, you know, eight months, nine, whatever, however long he's been in charge. Well, now 12 months in charge it's um there are definitely cracks starting to show a little bit there and if they don't bring in the in the players that he sort of needs then things are going to go a little bit from bad to worse so getting a likes in from sanchez in would just be an unbelievable um sort of coup if you like but i just don't see it happening do you think chelsea can compete for the title this season on the squads on the squad levels they have at the moment i would say I don't want to say no straight away, <laughs> um, but you I think it'll be. It. a re- I was about to. I think it'll be a real, real struggle. That's me being diplomatic about it. I do think squad numbers, especially if you look in central midfield now, they've, got, they've just got Fabregas, Bakayoko, and Kante. That's it. Um, you know, and last season they didn't have to compete in, the, in Europe. Now they're competing on four fronts. It's going to be a real test if they don't bring in a couple more players of quality, uh, and I think they will. If they get off to a bad start, especially, then they, they will struggle to, to keep up the rest, I think.
1: Why, why is it with the Traps and why, why haven't they come in? Is it a case of just not being able to get the targets, or is Roman keeping the purse strings fairly tight? <laughs> well,
2: the Lukaku situation was a pretty, pretty bad example. of. I mean, the Lukaku situation was more about the fact that they just weren't willing to pay the, the agent's fees, and that was the difference between them and United. You know, United were willing to pay what Riola wanted, Chelsea were going, well, we're not going to be bullied by it. The amount of money was actually the same. Generally. I mean, obviously Chelsea came in a little bit after than, um, than, than um, United did, but so that that didn't work out in the way. Um, obviously, they thought Danny Alves was was one that they could get as well, and he snubbed both them and City to go to PSG. So that was the thing with the Carl Walker situation as well, and they came in too late for that. Um, they're just making it. It seems from the outside like they're just making little blunders here and there, that are, which means they're not really getting the the situations that they want. The Alexandro situation as well is now one that's been dragging on for ages. And you just want them to throw the money at it and go, look, this player can really change the dimension of the side. He can really be a game-changer for them. Just go and get the player. And yet, still back and forth negotiations going on for ages.
0: And I think it's just frustrating a lot of people. Well, even the the Yoko situation, that dragged on for... Mm he'd had a medical and then he didn't have a medical and then he'd had the medical but it was kept secret. Yeah. And then he was coming back for a second medical. That dragged on for about a month longer than it felt like it needed to. Yeah,
2: absolutely. And it opened them up again to more to you know, United were on the edge of of maybe signing him as well and it's just it's just opening them up to these sort of other clubs coming in and basically poaching them right under the nose and that's what happened with Lukaku. You know, the whole summer it was Lukaku's gonna come to Chelsea. He wants to come to Chelsea. And I think at times, you know, he did want to return to Chelsea and they just let it drag on and, and United took their chance and, and now they've got a player that you know is going to score goals in the Premier League and instead you're stuck with a striker who is a very good striker but you still don't know what if he's going to provide what you what you want so it's it's not been the ideal uh, summer I've got to say um, I think with other players going as well the likes of Loftus-Cheek going Chalaba going Ake going I think it's uh, it's got a few fans backs up so far
0: so what's the difference then between that kind of a saga with the Lukaku incident and Arsenal's ongoing saga with Thomas Lamar?
1: Yeah, well, the Lamar one's a frustrating one. The thing with Lamar is it doesn't feel like it's absolutely essential with Alexis staying. It feels like Lamar, if he does sign, it be one to sort you can look at for the next few years. He's twenty one years old. He'll come in, possibly not even start at the moment, and but can bet in and be there long-term replacement for Alexis if he is going to stay for another year. So I don't think it's absolutely essential that Arsenal get him now um, because Alexis is going to stay. You've still got Alexis on the left-hand side who, if, if Lamar's in and Alexis in, you're still going to start Alexis pretty much every game, aren't you? Um, so I don't think it's that essential. Maybe that's why they're a little bit reluctant to to go the extra mile and really whack down £60 million rather than the 45 that they're currently offering. But I think they will still try and get him. I think you're going to see at least one more bid go in. It just depends on a Monaco change their stance be yeah, how much they're going to offer because I think it did 45 million last time which is not enough and they've sold Mendy for 52 million I think you've got to, <laughs> you've got to be looking at 60 million to tempt them into business and see what is Lamar's attitude going to be in the final month for the transfer window if Mbappe has indeed asked to leave and does go then suddenly you, if you're Lamar you're looking around the changing room M- Mendy's gone who's your best mate M- Mbappe's gone um, Bernardo Silva's gone Bakayoko's gone you're pretty much half the last it, Season's tight when squad has departed, and you're and you're stuck there. And will that force him to really try and engineer a move away and start kicking up a fuss? So I think that's going to run and run that one, but I don't think it's um it's over by a long shot. But it's just not doesn't feel like it's absolutely essential. Like Arsenal have to get him to keep their hopes of the season alive, just because you've got Alexis there anyway.
0: Can I ask you the same question you asked Ali? Do you think Arsenal with this current squad can win the league? No.
1: No, Arsenal. I'd be sorry. I hope I'm wrong. I'd be fantastic. If I'm wrong, but I'd, I'd be very surprised. I think Man City, if Man City, are too strong. I think Chelsea, man for man, over the course of the season, will probably be too strong, even with a slightly smaller squad. And I'd just be surprised. I think you, you, you're looking at Arsenal this season, haven't fallen out of the Champions League this year. I think the, the key thing is to try and get yourself back there, get yourself back competing with the best, and then go on. And
2: I think United this year as well. Yeah, United we really have to look at United because they've got the striker they want. You know, they've brought in Lindloff, who's not great. But defensively, they weren't bad anyway. That wasn't really where their issue lied. So, you know, they've still got the likes of Eric Bay, who I think's a quality defender. Um, and now they've got Matic as well from Chelsea. And that, you know, even though I don't... I'm not a huge fan of Matic's. You know, last season, he was very inconsistent. Um, you know, he'd have great games and he'd have very, very poor games, as we saw in the FA Cup. Um but what he does do is, is release Pogba to play in this more attacking role that I'm sure that they'll do. So they'll probably play the likes of Herrera and Matic together or Fellaini or whatever. And, and then they can yeah. allow Pogba to link up with Lukaku and, and sort of spread a bit more around there. So I really think United are going to threat this year. And yeah, then Liverpool that. as well. If they keep, if, they, if Liverpool manage to keep hold of Coutinho, which would probably be unlikely if Neymar, if Neymar does go through, and you've got to say that Liverpool will probably be around in the mix as well.
1: I still think with Liverpool, just defensively, I don't mm. see them good enough to, to win the title. I think mm. they'll be, like I said, I think they'll be up at, up there in, in the mix. But I think, like you said, for me, the two Manchester clubs going into the season as mm. favourites. I think Guardiola's got got the full backs that he wanted, which were the big drawbacks last season. They've got a goalkeeper who can save a shot now, <laughs> which they didn't have last year. Um, and. and They've obviously got a fantastic forward line, great midfield, so I think Man City will be right out there, and it's going to be a, it may well be a battle in the Manchester clubs for the title, but um, I think I think in terms of Arsenal, getting in the top four is the all is the important thing, it's as horrible as that sounds. I know that Arsenal fans hate hearing it, but given what happened last year and falling out of that competition, they've just got to get themselves back there. They've got to make sure it's just a one-year absence from it, and they can get back competing at the top.
0: Not that anyone asked but I think Liverpool are going to crash and burn this year. <laughs> but anyway, the last two Premier League champions have both been out of Europe at the time. Mm. Well, Arsenal's
1: pretty much going to be out of Europe this season. From the sounds
0: of it, Arsenal aren't going to be taking the Europa League very seriously. I
1: don't think he's going to go go near it. To be honest, I think. Do you think that could help? No, oh, absolutely, certainly. Um, he even said it today. He kind of said, well, at least we can just focus purely on the Premier League, almost forgetting about the fact they're in the Europa League. Um, and if someone actually had to bring it up that they were in fact in it <laughs> um, so I think you're basically going to see the Capital One Cup side um, play in the Open League if if Arsenal manage to progress and suddenly it becomes it starts looking like they could well go deep into the competition then maybe that will change and they'll start taking it a little bit more seriously but I think you'll certainly see a, a, a mixture of the squad players and possibly some of the youngsters in that certainly in the early rounds of that competition, and that will, will definitely be a benefit for the Premier League.
0: Is that not a big risk though? If Arsenal get back into the Champions League next year, but they go out and say the group stages of the Europa League, they'll suddenly find themselves maybe down in pot three in the draw because they'll have gotten so few coefficient points this year. Do you think that that's something that they need to take into account? I think they'll just be happy to get back I into the Champions League <laughs> whatever pot in it's um, in,
1: yeah. I think they would back themselves to get through the group stages No, well, what pot are they go going to see next season. So no, I I just don't think so. I just, he's just not going to take it seriously. I'd be very, very surprised at the thought of playing Thursday night and dragging his players, his key players, around to God knows where in Europe on a Thursday night and getting them back in, in one shape to play, say, Tottenham away. And if you look at the draw as well, uh, the way the league fixtures have fallen, I think five out of six... Games after the Europa League matches are on are away from home and um, really big games as well. So, nah, not for me, not gonna, not gonna, he's not gonna go near it.
0: Okay, well, we're coming up to the half hour mark, we're gonna wrap up. Just before we do, I'd like to get you guys to do some predictions. No, some yes, score predictions no. and some lineup predictions, please. Be great.
2: Uh, well, I kind of think that I don't want to do another prediction uh, after not? the FA Cup disaster what? prediction that for, I did. For, okay, for, for, for those Chelsea who, who might have missed it, I thought that Chelsea would win about four-one, and I think uh, I might have five. even said five-one five. at some point. Yes <laughs> Thank you for that. I remember. Um, so, uh, tr- predictions—I really don't want to make, but I will. I will do it on the, uh, the basis that I have to. Um, I'm going to say it's going to be two-one, but a reverse of the FA Cup final. I think Chelsea will win two-one. There
0: you go.
1: Glorious moment that five-one prediction, <laughs> oh. that standing on Wembley Way. It was just before we went into the stadium. Five-one, oh, he said, oh, so oh, confidently in his face. <laughs> and then I went with two-one Arsenal, which we all know happened. Yeah. Um, does it go to penalties this weekend? I don't actually know. Yeah, it, it must do. Yeah, yeah, really I don't think it's extra t- time. There's not going to be a draw. Are you going, I'm going for really? penalties? I'm going for penalties. It will be a draw at the end of uh, at the end of normal time. Um, extra time is it going? Yeah, it must yeah. be. Uh, yeah. And um and Arsenal will emerge victorious on penalties.
0: Wow. Wow. okay and who do you think are the, going to be the starting 11s
2: oh right okay um, I'm going to go with Chris uh, not Chris I was going to say Chris there. Courtois, um, Courtois better, that's a better choice yeah Cahill um, Luis Aspilicueta Moses Alonso Fabiás, Cante um, I think Pedro will come back in um, yeah, he's we, obviously recovered we
0: saw him in training I, the I think
2: I think Pedro Willian I think it'd be harsh on Batshuayi but I think he'll start Morata
1: uh, I think the one key thing for Arsenal which I'm not sure about is Koscielny because he's suspended for the league games so I wonder if he might leave Koscielny oh. out this one and um, and just play whoever he's going to play in the league games to give him a bit of game time but Cech will obviously start in goal I'll, I'll say he'll leave Koscielny out I think he'll probably go Mertzaka um, Holding, and Monreal Kolasinac left wing back Hector right wing back Xhaka Ramsey I'd probably say Ozil and Awobi as the two behind Lacazette Maybe Sanchez Ozil and Sanchez, but I imagine Sanchez will start on the bench and away, had a very good pre season, so will probably away be in, away being away being in those positions. Your prediction,
0: Kev? Uh, well, thanks very much, everyone. That's all we have time <laughs> for. <laughs> uh, I am gonna go with two now to Chelsea, mm, okay? Uh, so we'll see how that works. out yeah. Well, yeah, thanks, thank you very much, everyone, for listening. Uh, concludes another joint episode of the 49 Undefeated and Blue is the Colour podcasts. remember to check out all the coverage of the Community Shield on football.london we'll be covering it uh, on Facebook, on Twitter on the website itself, you can follow Charlie and Ollie on Twitter and on Facebook uh, you guys will be doing Facebook Lives from the Ground doing some build up tomorrow as well Ollie you're going to the press conference which by the time this podcast is out you may have already been to
2: I think I (laughs) might
0: have so so Ollie has been to the press conference (laughs) Um, but yeah just make sure you check out football.london for all the latest news and thanks very much